Crossover podcast where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is comic book time as we are finally getting back. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably have been a few football podcasts in a row because we are recording this pre-Super Bowl, but uh, we will be releasing it after Super Bowl, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, uh, the stadium will have exploded and both teams will have been killed and neither team will have got to win because fuck both those teams. Uh, anyway... Moving on from that, uh, we are, as promised, we'll be doing uh, comic book stuff today. I am, of course, your host, uh, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Kyle Brown. How's it going, Kyle? Not too bad. Good to be back. All right. So today, we are going to be talking about DC All Accesses and now Netflix Original Series, I guess, which didn't make sense to me, although they put it at the beginning of every episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about Titans. We're going to be dipping our toe a little bit into the DC universe. We're going to talk about Titans, and then I imagine uh, we'll we'll come back uh, probably a week after or whatever, and we'll discuss The Punisher uh, Season 2, which I have not watched yet as of uh, us recording this, because like I said, we'll be releasing this a couple of weeks after we record it. But we are going to discuss Titans. I really like Titans. How did you feel about Titans, KB? Uh, before when we were talking about the trailers, we all had reservations, and I think mm-hmm. we talked mm-hmm. we talked each other into thinking, "Hey, it could possibly be good," and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I had I had some problems. I had like I had I had some problems here and there, but overall, I I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I liked a lot of the nods. I liked that they didn't go too nod heavy. Um, that said, I think, um, and spoiler alert, we should, we should say spoiler alert, we're, we're obviously going to be spoiling the fuck out of, uh, out of Titans, but, uh, I, I think that, uh, I, I think my biggest, do, do you feel like they, they leaned a little bit too much, um, on, hey, they already know this sort of a thing with, with this series. Like, if you, if you didn't know the Titans, do you think you... Or, like, if you, if you hadn't watched either the Teen Titans show or, or read any of the, you know, the original Teen Titans comic book runs, or, like, do, do you feel like you would have kind of known what was going on, or do you think you would have been a bit more confused? Well, I watched it with my wife, mm-hmm. and her only exposure to Teen Titans is Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. So she basically knows the characters, kind of what they can do... And that's about it. And she seemed to get everything that was going on with okay. a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even if you don't know this stuff, they they kind of are slowly introducing you to it. Mm-hmm. Like when Starfire appears, everyone who knows who Starfire is, oh, cool, she's here. She's from Tamaran. Mm-hmm. She's lost her memory. Okay, how is she going to find out that she's Tamaranian? And for people who don't really know that they get to go on the journey with her which i think is a pretty good idea because she's not Mm. that popular of a character and i think that's why this series kind of works because you can take liberties with characters that aren't super popular and no one's going to get too upset yeah i mean i i liked a lot of what they did i I thought that this was absolutely a a, it it was a cadre of easter eggs throughout the entire series like it's it's 
Oh, like it, it was it was just it was so good. You get to meet the Doom Patrol at some point and it was like, "Oh my god." And apparently the Doom Patrol are getting their own spin-off series on uh, DC All Access as well. Um I haven't read yet as to whether or not they uh are, are if they're going to be, you know, going alongside or before this Titan series. I guess we'll have to wait and find out or do a little digging on the internet, but uh yeah, I can I can't wait for Doom Patrol. I'm pre- I'm pretty excited for Doom Patrol coming off of this. Um Let's get into. I, I like to have my vegetables first, so uh, let, let's get into maybe what we didn't like about the show. Because I, I, I think that what we didn't like uh, will, will probably be, you know, not take as long as, as what we did like. Because um, I, I, I mean, first thing, like, I mean, let's just rip the bandaid off. The acting on this show is is not great. Now that said. I'm not looking for fucking Brando and Pacino in the fucking Godfather here when I'm when I'm watching Teen Titans on Netflix, right? But yeah. you know, like uh, you know, just maybe clean it up in season two. I don't know, like it wasn't great at certain points, right? I, I, you can tell they're a bit reserved. Once they grow into the characters, I think it'll be a bit better. And we once they establish each character's own individual thing, because they didn't really get that much individual development. They got development as a group and as a plot line, but they didn't really get into, like, Beast Boy shows up, mm-hmm. and then he goes, yeah, my parents are dead, and this Tiger guy helped Boy. me. And, sorry, you got to run. Yeah. Tiger Boy. Oh, sorry. Tiger Boy. <laughs> and that that that's another thing that's going to come up in the things we didn't like. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, acting is something that can be improved, and over time you get used to seeing a certain person do a certain amount of stuff mm-hmm. as a character. So, I mean, yeah, it could be improved, but coming from a world where we've got the CW act, acting as well, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Yeah. And, you can, and, and we are talking about comic books, which are pretty over the top. Very so true. Mm-hmm. You can you can give it a pass, but there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the like I would say like I was way more forgiving of that than I was the – the one thing I would honestly change, I, I would I would ask them to, me personally, to drastically change from season one to season two, would be I didn't like the Zack Snyder-esque dark lack of color, let's be shadowy and, and not really let you know what's going on, and especially when you got two similar looking characters wearing masks and stuff, and you're having trouble figuring out who's who the, in certain yeah, scenes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, they, use, they use that to kind of hide that it's not the actual actors in the fight scenes. I th- I found even in Daredevil in season one, the hallway fight scene, I had to rewatch it because I couldn't see it the first time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a problem with a lot of things. Mm. And I actually didn't have that hard of a time seeing as much in this one, so it didn't bother me that much. But it... They did walk that line between dark, 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 mm-hmm. and but yeah, I I agree it can be improved a little bit. Yeah. For what my wife has decided that I should say. Oh, okay, so this is not your opinion. <laughs> this is this is not my this is partially my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live we live in Toronto, mm-hmm. and it was very 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 obvious, especially in the last episode, that they were in Toronto. Oh, they shot. Like this, if you, did they actually shoot this in Toronto? Oh yeah, Toronto and Hamilton. Oh, uh, 
Wayne Manor is Casa Luma, which is right around the corner from where I live. Oh, interesting. See, I did not know this. I'm learning this right yeah. now. So, um, yes, and old city, and she's in the background. Old City Hall as well. Yeah, that um, one. Yeah, I did notice it. A couple of the scenes. Uh, and oh. what's funny? What's mm-hmm. funny was I didn't notice it, but my wife did. They're walking down the street in one scene, mm-hmm. and if you pay attention, there's a sign that says "Jump." And I'm like, oh my god, sweet, they're going to go to Jump City. And then my wife's like, no, you're stupid. That's a restaurant in downtown Toronto. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so if if you know those landmarks and you know where you are, you kind of get taken out of the – out of it. Like, oh god, they're just – you know, they're filming. This is where they're filming. And it kind of takes you out of the, the fantasy of that they're in New York or they're in Chicago or wherever they are. And especially in the last episode, it's very, very, very obvious where they are because mm. this, like, even if you watch Scott Pilgrim, yeah, uh, when they're in the castle, uh, the Casa Loma scene, mm-hmm. you can see similar shots from that yeah. are, in, are in this epi- in the in the last episode. So it kind of takes you out of that. It, mm. It'd be nice if they kind of, I don't know if you can add effects or just add like scenery to mm. kind of make it. Not so obvious where they are. Well, I think I think this is just something that you know for for I us know, here, it's, Kenyatta. It's a Canadian, yeah, yeah, it's a Canadian thing. I'm sure it happens to people like people in Vancouver and people in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and New York and all those other places where they Atlanta, film. But Atlanta, most recently, Atlanta, shooting a yeah. lot of stuff in Atlanta these days. Yeah, Atlanta, New Zealand, all those places mm-hmm. where they where it's cheaper to shoot. Yeah, and it's it kind of takes you out of it. It didn't bother me as much at that. But yeah. it does kind of like, oh, hey, I've been there. Yeah, it, right? it's not quite as egregious as seeing Sam the Record Man store in what was supposed to be Harlem in the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it wasn't quite that bad, but like... It wasn't that bad, but yeah. it, it, it can be kind of taking you out of the moment. Yeah, I would rather them allocate more budget. I mean, we teased it earlier, but I would rather them allocate more of the budget into letting Beast Boy transform into more than just a tiger. <laughs> like that. Was... Yeah. Well, I think I think mm-hmm. that direction was more of uh, a similar direction with they're going with Raven, where they don't know what they can do. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way he described his powers of oh, I can recombine my DNA and all this stuff, like made it sound super complicated. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the iterations of Beast Boy that I'm used to from uh, Young Justice and Teen Titans, he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, alien species of thing? Bam! And you're like, oh, okay. He mm-hmm. just saw it, and all of a sudden he's he, this he alien yeah. alien bird or whatever, and mm. blends blends in. But it, it, it kind of makes you excited, but it, and this is where your point of they just kind of know it backfires, mm. where people who don't know what beast boy can do are like oh cool he's a tiger and then when he transforms eventually into something else hopefully mm-hmm. um they'll be like holy crap but when you know what he can do and you're like why doesn't he just turn into a rat and get out of the cage yeah exactly yeah that was the biggest <laughs> one when they had him tried tied to that thing and they were like you know there's a scene in like episode seven or something where they're they, you know they're trapped and they've got him in this cage and they're poking him with the cattle prods and stuff and it's like this is not hard for Beast to like turn into a flea and then just yeah. buzz away and then turn into a whale and squish everybody yeah. in that room and then like, yeah. and then turn you know and then turn back into Gar and just like you know do the old innocent whistling thing like and just walk out like you didn't yeah. you know and do that's, that right? and that's like, that's that harkens to the Teen Titans Go side of yeah. of things where it and it's gonna be 
interesting to see how they balance because this is i would say the exact opposite of teen titans go mm-hmm. um oh god yeah and it'll it'll be interesting to see the balance between his personality because his personality is kind of a bit more lighthearted than the rest of the characters yeah. in this he i thought was um like because they were, they were taking on different directions in this i mean we've all seen if you haven't seen this show i mean you at least probably saw the trailer and you know Fuck which doesn't do it which, yeah which doesn't do it justice at no. all it's fuck batman obviously blew up the internet for like the the, the 24 hours yeah. that, that happened and we do have a bit of an off model dick grayson but i'm okay with it the way they were kind of telling the story yeah they developed they developed him well mm-hmm. uh i had issues with like the direction he goes and the things some of the things he does that are plot convenient like yeah walking into a building without surveying the situation and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that, was like, the, that one was decidedly on Batman. Like, again, there's a scene where Dick Grayson figures out, you know, oh, this secret organization is after us. I better go there. And instead of doing, like, like, and he, you know, finds the building where the guy who's, you know, becomes the MacGuffin halfway through the series where it's like, we got to steal this guy because he's got the information we need to get the whatever. Dick Grayson doesn't, like, you know, put on the Robin outfit, do a bunch of reconnaissance, and then sneak in there when, you know, and then, you know, to get the guy. He literally, yeah. like, push it, like, walks through the front door, pushes the yeah. elevator, and then... Like, the Dick, the Dick Grayson we're used to would have yeah. hacked, hacked the security cams, went at mm-hmm. night, threw, yeah. a smoke, threw a smoke bomb, chokehold the old lady in the <laughs> in Not the that far, room. but he just would have, like, kicked the through the window, chokehold the guy, and, like, got him out there and had him on the opposite <laughs> roof of the other building in, like, three seconds and then, yeah. then like you know where's the trigger right but like, yeah but uh, and then the scene where or not the scene but the decidedly on batman and it was yeah. just, when he was doing that i was just like what are you doing you were trained by like that was the only time i really got my like comic book nerd back up about that run like what is happening here this is like this is like, like this is decidedly well, on batman right here and this man was trained by the batman well right even when he left there. raven with uh, her mom mm-hmm. is this is one of those things where like I don't like as I'm watching. I don't trust her. Yeah, Batman. Would because never... even in that, even in that whole, yeah. uh, after they're captured and they get out so easily. Because mm-hmm. again, and you're just trained... like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's trained by Batman. They hit mm-hmm. the alarm and they run into like what four guards? Yeah, out of the twenty-seven, he said there were. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, like like he he's trained by the Batman. So he's just immediately suspicious of everybody at all times until he's a hundred percent certain that he can trust you, right? And it's just, and even then, I was kind of, I, I was okay with that little twist. That is like, I, I was back, I was back and forth on it because mm-hmm. I, he's, he wants to not be Batman. Mm-hmm. He wants to trust people. He wants to be different. He's not going to be, but but he wants to. No. So I mean, as long as he grows and changes and it's only one season so far mm-hmm. as long as that you know eventually comes and goes it'll be fine but there's uh, there are definitely some dick grayson moments you're like really dude mm-hmm. really where do you stand on the violence um it was over the top mm-hmm. which is what they kind of prepared you for in the trailer mm-hmm. um I didn't mind it so much because of the way they presented the characters. Mm-hmm. 
they, they introduced Starfire as this kind of person that's been trolling around Europe and wherever, kind of murdering people to get what she wants, and or like doing whatever she needs to do to get what to get to Raven. We figure out later. So that's that. Her character kind of didn't stray. The Dick Grayson thing. Once they, once they um, explained his backstory and why he quit and whatever happened it kind of got more palatable that he would be this way and that he's struggling with not doing it and he likes it and all that stuff but i could have gone with a few less robin orangs to the eye Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's a bit of a struggle when you go from what we know as they're not he's probably supposed to have been trained to not you know mortally wound people and be for lack of a better description a friendly neighborhood robin Mm. to breaking arms and like ruining careers and slashing achilles tendons and you're just like Mm. okay yeah but uh, you run the balance of you can either do that or you can do iron fist so (laughs) it's I mean, landing somewhere in the middle would be better. Yes, but it it didn't it didn't bother me all that much. Uh, like I I was there were certain fight sequences where they would do stuff, and I would be reminded of the great letter Kenny line where you just go, "Let's take about twenty percent off there, bud," because it's it's <laughs> like it's it's like to me, I think the over like the the unnecessary is the word I would use. Violence in certain scenes. Now it it was I, I find it happened a lot in like the first three episodes where they had unnecessary violence and then after that it was just kind of like you know guys get you know kind of like they do the the jackie chan like kind of like thing where you see a guy twist his arm and he goes ah and it's some you know they, they do the over the top like bone breaking sound but you don't actually see like bone protruding through the skin or any anything like that but like yeah like the two the two that i was like what is the point of that number one with a bullet is obviously robin in the first episode the dudes in who the dude who was in the car now this guy was like a like a child beater so you were like there was that small part of me that was like yeah do it you know like, <laughs> but like at the same time it was like I was watching it with my, my wife, and my wife was just so off-put that she, she basically kind of stopped watching, and uh, as, as I kind of had to go it alone there for a bit, but uh, she's probably going to deign to watch, because I told her, you've got to watch the, the rest of this, because <laughs> Raven's her all-time favorite DC character, so... Uh, okay. So she, I, I've been telling you, you got to watch it. But, like, Robin, you know, the dude gets into his car, tries to escape. Robin kicks the kicks the, the driver's side door open slams the dude's head against the grass and then just starts grinding oh his yeah, head yeah. Oh. against the against the broken glass he was like what the fuck is that i'm like i know the batman didn't teach you that right and it was it was just like that was so bad and then that was number one with a bullet and then number two was easily robin stabbing a dude uh the torture dude in the dick with the pair of garden shears it was like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> right like i'm like granted that dude was gonna try to cut off um hawk's balls so he yeah. kind of it was kind of a what's good for the goose is good for the gander type thing but at the same time it's like this is so unnecessary and it really to me like i i think this is a good show the over the top violence i i think for me brought it down a notch from being on in honest to goodness a great show, a great first season of a television show i i like i honestly believe that now they scaled it back as like you know credit where it's due there there was less 
face grinding into glass and and <laughs> dick dick, stabs dicks, and... dicks getting stabbed because like, right. like even in like the darkest grittiest you know frank miller-esque comic books i never was like you know what would make this better if batman and robin just stabbed guys in the dick we're just throwing <laughs> batarangs right in dudes dicks that'll really teach him a lesson it, it was just like that was never something i i wanted and to see like the boy wonder stabbing a guy in the dick. I was just like, man, just imagine like Burt Ward in the old, like 1960s anime <laughs> series stabbing like Burgess Meredith in the dick with his own fucking like umbrella. <laughs> right. Like, 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 like that's not what like, it's just, it was a bit much. I don't, I don't, I, that I, I was off putting. I, I thought it was off putting. And like I said, unnecessary is the word. I like, I just, it, it, I don't know what they were trying to achieve with that, uptick in violence like i just i didn't get it i get maybe the point was just like this ain't the fucking cw shows watch here's watch robin <laughs> grind this guy into uh, against the glass and stuff yeah. it's just like ah here we go and i'm like uh, i'm like what the fuck is the point it's of a, this like I just, this ain't your daddy's robin yeah, yeah i don't know i just i didn't get it yeah i mean uh yeah and season wise good the last episode though well, I got to get your right thoughts on last, that one. Oh, you want to skip right to the last episode? I can't. I need to get it off my chest. It was. I fucking loved it because really, I knew it was a complete fabrication in his mind the entire time. That's like, what that ru- was, that's what ruined it for obvious. me. Obvious. Well, because it was supposed to be Dick Grayson's worst nightmare, right? And then like Dick Grayson's worst nightmare in this in this version of the character that they have um, portrayed in the in these eleven episodes is. Dick Grayson's worst nightmare is Bruce goes rogue and he can't do anything to fucking stop him, which is exactly what happened. Right. And we got like, so again, spoiler alert. I mean, at this point, if you're listening to it, um, you've probably already seen the show, but like, um, Trigon is out at this point and we'll come back to Trigon. Um, Trigon is out at this point and he's basically invaded uh, Dick's mind with, you know, the evil bad guy thoughts because he is Satan and uh, creates for him this kind of perfect world where he's living in California and uh, (laughs) with uh, with um, Minka Kelly, right? Clear eyes, full hearts. Fuck Batman. Yeah. and Minka Kelly, who was playing Dove, who I thought I loved the wig. I loved the Dove wig that they had her in in this. Really? In this show, yeah, I liked it. It, it, it was just like, I mean, you're never going to be able to make all white hair look a hundred percent good, but I thought she was pulling it off. I'm going to be honest. And you know, as you and I are both fans of Friday Night Lights, so it was it was just weird to see, you know, Minka Kelly beating dudes up in the in the in the in the, it, it, in the baby it's really white. it's a really funny juxtaposition because her voice is so light and sweet mm-hmm. and like almost it's almost like that southern bell almost yeah and then she jumps in and like is cutting achilles with the wings and it, it was cool i like that but i mean the last episode man i, I knew i knew exactly what was going on and I'm thinking, okay, how is he going to get out of this? What are we doing here? And it just got – it got to the point where in earlier episodes they explained how he has, he's had mental training and, you know, he's 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 getting past these drugs. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of just magic drugs, so why don't you, like, realize, hey, 
what's mm-hmm. going on? How did I get here? It's like in, in Inception when yeah. uh, when I'm... they explain you don't remember how you got here, so you're in a mm-hmm. dream kind of thing. Yeah, the dudes. I the... think I would have liked that episode more if it was mid a mid season episode. Fair, but I it kind and of I was think, though if I... you think about it, because I'll be honest, I, when Trigon showed up seemingly out of nowhere in my opinion in the second last episode i with one episode left i was like holy fuck they're not gonna waste trigon you know the the embod dc's version of satan and the embodiment of just pure evil and and all that is bad in the probably world. one of the biggest villains for and, the Titans. and one of the and yeah probably the second biggest all-time villain for the titans like when you put dart when you put deathstroke above uh well deathstroke trigon, is Death, Deathstroke's complicated because he's a, like a mentor villain almost. He's like an True. anti-hero kind well, of thing. Well, let me just 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 throw it out there. Who's who's who do you think is a bigger uh, all-time villain to the Titans? And Deathstroke or Trigon? I would say in terms of scope, Trigon. I completely disagree because uh, I, I think it's Deathstroke. I think Trigon is a close second. I think it's Deathstroke. Deathstroke, like Judas Contract, is just one of the all-time great comic books that has ever been done. He fucking turned one of the. Uh, Hopefully we get to see this in this series, by the way. Like, hopefully this is, like, season three, four type of stuff. Uh, where yeah. we get to see Deathstroke, like, turn... Te- like, he turned one of the, the Titans and basically destroyed them all from the inside. Like, it was just... God, that was yeah. just so good. Um, well, it's, this is this would be the same argument as Darkseid and Lex Luthor, almost. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it, I mean, they're both True. equally terrifyingly villainous. Yeah. But uh, I, De- Deathstroke... <sighs> I, can see your, I can see your point. And I mean, seeing Deathstroke and Arrow no answer, to be honest as well. Yeah. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument for either, mm-hmm. and it, it all depends on who's writing it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And but like I, I was like Jesus Christ, we got one episode left. They're not gonna throw Trigon away in like the last two minutes of you know episode ten, and then, and then like we're gonna have this all wrapped up with a neat little bow on the end for like episode yeah. eleven. Like Dick Grayson's dusting himself off, and it's like, well, we beat Trigon, and now we're the Teen Titans, you guys. And they're all just like <laughs> shaking hand, and it's like, can I get a whoa Bundy? And they all just put their hands and go whoa Bundy. Right? I was just like, that's not gonna happen. And then when it didn't happen, I was pleasantly surprised. And I always like the what ifs and, and the, the final episode reminded me of uh, one of the best episodes of uh, Batman, the animated series was over the edge. Um, that was a Paul Dini episode where Paul Dini basically wrote um, what the final Batman story would look like. And it opens with Barbara Gordon is dead. Like the scarecrows killed her. And now commissioner Gordon's found everything out and he's coming to get Bruce and Tim Drake and everybody, right? And so they, you know, they end up going after, uh, and it's just, it's like Jim Gordon's like got the entire Gotham City Police running through the Bat Cave, firing at Batman as they try to escape. And it's basically all, and in the end of the episode, spoiler alert for this, like you know, twenty-five year old episode <laughs> of television, um, it, it turns out it was all just a dream. It was all just a dream. Barbara Gordon didn't really die; she just got gassed by the Scarecrow, and this was her worst nightmare that we were watching, right? Yeah. And just one and it was just cool cuz you got to see this is what the final Batman story might look like. And this is what Dick Grayson's like greatest nightmare looks like is is he like Bruce has gone rogue and he can't stop him. And I thought we actually got way more Batman than I thought we would ever get in this yeah, show. Yeah, like, honest with very you. very early in the show they give that kind of line where I felt like they were talking to the audience where uh, Beast Boy is like, "Yo, are we gonna see Batman?" And uh, Dick's like, "No, yeah, nope." 
But it was just like, yeah, and, and I, I like the fact that they didn't dance around Batman in this, right? Like, they mentioned his name. They're like, oh, you work with Batman? And he's like, yes, I work with Batman. So I'm like, because that's the thing they do in the CW shows for whatever reason. I don't know. Like, because Superman shows up in fucking Supergirl, right? Yeah, for I whatever really reason, expect that. In all, yeah, for whatever reason, in all of the DC shows, in all of the CW DC shows, they just refuse to utter the name Batman. Although, Bat, well, I have not watched the latest new season. I'm saving it like a fine wine till it's completely done. Um, I mean, friggin', uh, what's her face? Oh, uh, Ruby Rose, right? Uh, yeah. Played bat, uh, played the Batwoman, so maybe they take the reins off a little bit in this latest season that I am yet to see, but uh, in the first six years of the CW-verse, this Berlanti-verse, whatever you want to call it, which I guess Titans is part of the Berlanti-verse, um, they just refuse to say the Batman's name for whatever reason. They'll, like, randomly hint at him, but they just won't come out and say the Batman. And... Yeah, but it was just like, and and we got to see, and obviously, like, we never actually want to see Batman killing people, unless your name's Zack Snyder, Um, (laughs) or you're just one of the Snyder stands. Um, So it it was kind of just like this nightmare. I I, I was kind of digging this, like, nightmare version of Batman, that it was just like, holy fuck, if he actually did this, no one could fucking stop him, because he's the Batman, right? (laughs) You're coming at him with a SWAT team, and he just, like... And we got to do that thing where it's like, like uh, Corey uh, or Anna Diop uh, calls him up and she's like, he went to Arkham Asylum and they start going through Arkham Asylum and they're like pulling bodies away with like, you know, question mark tattoos and stuff. And you're like, oh my God, that's the Riddler and he's dead. And then there's a guy holding the coin. There's like a, a disembod- like disassembled Yeah, and body. they did a good job. They did a good job of showing you who yeah. they were without actually showing exactly. them. And we got to see fucking Scarface. <laughs> like, I freaked out at that. I was like, oh my God, it's Scarface. Just had a complete fangasm when just this puppet. Yeah. <laughs> with like, a, there's just three things, a puppet, a Tommy gun, and then this, this you know, what was supposed to be the ventriloquist, right? But just fake yeah. down in the muck. And it was just like, oh my God, the ventriloquist. And I was just freaking out. And they got, they did an Arkham Asylum walkthrough. So I, I, I absolutely loved it. And Dick just outsmart, or uh, Bruce just outsmarting Dick and being like, Are you kidding me? You came into down into the bad cave with like seven guys. Fuck this. And he's yeah, just that, like bat slicing all if, their throats. And if that like, wasn't, yeah. if that wasn't a dream sequence, that would have been another one of the Dick Grayson, what are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. Like, right. To take him on in the Batcave yeah. is well, the they, dumbest yeah. thing. Yeah, because they, they, well, they gave you the one line where it was like, where he goes like, no, don't do that. Go on the north side, because he'll be expecting you to come through that. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, he hasn't anticipated every <laughs> fucking move you're going to make. Dick, because you're heading the game. But at the same time, you knew it was a fucking dream sequence, because it was like the Batman fucking going around, murdered. And we got to see the Joker more than I thought we, we would get to see. I thought, I thought that that was... It was kind of cool. Now they covered up his face the whole... They, they found, a, like, a cool way to cover up his face. So it's like, this is here. We're just not going to use it. Maybe maybe we don't ever... Maybe we don't get to use it yet, or maybe we don't get to use it ever. But this is here. This is something that exists in this universe. And we're not yeah. going to ignore it and dance around it and, and pretend like it's not. Yeah. They I, definitely so did. Really that, that, that episode had... That episode had a lot of... Like, it had a mention... It had... Uh, sorry. It mentioned Commissioner Gordon. It mentioned yeah. Barbara. It mm-hmm. mentioned a bunch of stuff. So it was like, hey, all this stuff exists. We are not going to ignore you. We know mm-hmm. it. we're going to do it. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, I And before, and the Donna Troy stuff. Oh, I, well, was, okay. If you want to start getting into specific characters, I think, but like, e- easily my favorite 
I mean, that was one of the things when we did the the podcast back in the day with uh, Miller and, and Leapock, I believe, were the other two on, and we were we were all we had at the time were the names of the episodes, and we saw that one of the episodes were called was called Donna Troy, and we were just like, okay, we're all in, right? <laughs> and I thought she was the most fun in this entire series. I'm not gonna lie, I I, I yeah. thought that I I oh god, what, who was playing her? It was friggin'. Uh... Oh God! Why can't I remember her name? Uh, Wikipedia will help me out. Uh, Freaking Connor Leslie showed up, right? And and was playing Don Troy. And my uh, my my favorite moment, I think, in this entire eleven episode run, was when Starfire was you know choking Raven while she was in the trance, and then all of a sudden it was like. And then the fucking one of the Amazon lassos was around her neck, and she fucking whipped her into the coffee table and knocked her out. I was like, "Oh shit!" Right? Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, that that might have been my my all time favorite. I thought I thought she got the best rub in this entire series in terms of all of the the cameos that they did. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the character. I really enjoyed the nods and even the backstory between her and Dave. I like that's something. One of the strongest things I feel like they're doing in this is the backstories. And I usually hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually hate it to no end. Like the, the flashbacks, like uh, flashbacks are the biggest, laziest thing. But in these instances, when they actually make sense and are short and aren't like full episodes, and they're just little tidbits of, hey, she exists, they're friends. And then later on they meet, and you're like, okay, sweet. It, it was done really, really well. And the whole – her one line about uh, – I think it was in the dream sequence about how – no, it wasn't. It was I forget what episode it was, but she's like, I had the Amazon way – I had all of this teaching. All you had was some dude who hated the world. No wonder you turned out the way you did. Something along that line. Mm-hmm. That was her best line in the whole. Like, oh yeah, that makes friggin' sense. No wonder he's so messed up. Mm-hmm. And think, like uh, her being in the thing, I think. Sorry to interrupt. It led to my favorite comedy line that they had in the. Uh, uh, the my favorite comedy line that they had was. Uh, it was when she's at like the hipster art gallery and leaves Dick by himself and Dick just goes, God, I wonder what the penguins up to right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, that was the most earnest. And I think like the, the, the truest capturing of the Dick Grayson character that they had, it just that, just those few words of him just being like, God, I hate being here. I wish I was fighting the penguin right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted. No, I was done. It was good. Oh, that's, well, yeah. Let's get in since since we were just discussing Donna Troy. Let's let's get into some of the characters. Um, I think I think we've discussed uh, uh, the Dick Grayson enough. I mean, it, it's a little off model. He's he's obviously got the whole like he's angsty and stuff like that. But like I I, I was kind of I was digging. I wasn't digging it at the beginning, but they sold me on it as it as it went along a little bit yeah more. they, so they like, all right you know as they started dropping nuggets i'm like i get it okay we and uh the background episode that they did with him where where uh the opening sequence i thought like the just the opening sequence to this series i thought was excellent where raven was like walking through his memories of uh like not knowing what she was doing like is the 
Yeah, of the how his parents died. Of how his parents died. Yeah, just the black, the, the way it was like black and white, and the, the way they framed them falling and stuff. I just thought that was so beautiful and, and yeah, and such a I think excellent nod to the, the way they and stuff. the way they handled her powers and how she's discovering them and how mm. she can't control them and the dream sequence stuff where she yeah. figures stuff out and doesn't really know what it means until she knows what it means, which yeah. makes no sense. But I think they did that really well. Like the whole Raven discovering herself thing mm-hmm. is being done really well. Well, I, I think you kind of have to, if you want to have a, a, a long running series, because I mean, let's be honest, depending on who's telling the story, Raven is what top five godlike strongest characters in, in all of DC comics. One of like what three to five people who can actually defeat Trigon? Yeah, like five, like five tops, right? Like, like we're talking about like the all time, like, like we're, we're just in terms of what she can do. <laughs> just like she can eat your soul for God's sake, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, you're fighting Dark Side? Well, I eat souls, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, oh, you're Dark Side? Well, I eat souls, right? Yeah. It's just like, like she's she's so powerful and it's 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 god it's is she's such a good character and um well let's get in let's get into raven what what did you uh feel about the way they had uh rachel roth as they called her in this because they never actually referred to her as as uh raven yeah uh they're well they allude to raven as yeah. like, as like we said before. And, yeah and we stuff, said right? before yeah. with the mm-hmm. the tattoos and stuff um acting wise a little weak well, she's but, actually like a child. Yeah, no. I if you look at who plays her is like what? yeah, I think she's sixteen. So I'll I'm you're I'm gonna forgive her if yeah, in two thousand four she was born for God's sake. So yeah, that's I'm, fine. I'll, I'll just, be she, she, she has little, room. She yeah, has room yeah. to grow. And I mean, she's blonde hair, blue eye in real life. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a bit difficult to wear contacts and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. she had moments which were good. I, She's a teenager, which bugs me because I hate teenagers. But I mean, it's Titans, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character storyline and development is done well. Yes. Um, I like how you know she's the only thing that sorry the only thing that bugged me was how she was so accepting so quickly of her mother. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh, I've got a bio mom. Sweet. I, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one because I think if you're a person who, find, I think if you're a person who, um, finds finds out that you haven't really, you, you know, your mother is, uh, the the woman you thought was your mother your entire life isn't, and then you actually realize who it is, I think you would be somewhat more, tri- especially considering the way they found her, where they found her and th- they thought that she was, like, in prison and stuff like that. I, th- I yeah. think you'd be a bit more accepting of that, especially as, like, because, like, Raven's the only, ca- like, Raven and Beast Boy are the only ones in the show who are actually supposed to be, like, teens. Right? Yeah. Like, so they're technically not the Teen Titans, because Robin is, like, you, you'd you say Dick Grayson is, like, what, 25, 26 in this? He's mid-20s, right? Like, he's definitely not, um, he's definitely not teen- teenage Robin. You yeah. would put Corey, you would put, uh, Corey Starfire. 26 to 28 same, same thing. Yeah, same, yeah, same age. And then Beast Boy, you want to say he's like 17, and then this Rachel, and then Rachel slash Raven is 15. 15, 16. So yeah. if you're 15 years old and you're like that, I think you'd be more 
for lack of a better word, stupid, right? Like about that sort of. A yeah, thing. but it's just it's still I. I was happy they didn't do the whole angsty teen. Why did you leave me? And all this yeah. other stuff. Like, that's a great but point. I, like, but there's on worse the, avenues to go, right? Yeah. But on the the other hand, it was just all of the sudden, it was so. Because I'm a, I'm a stepdad, and to think that after raising a kid for so long, like her fake mother did, that all that she would just drop the memory of, like she dropped the memory of her pretty pretty quickly Fair. and to just run straight I, and i get time constraints and i get season so many episodes and i get that they didn't want to do the angsty teen why did you leave me all this other junk it's still played out it is Which, and it, what i just said is played out but yeah, yeah. Um, it's still but it's continue. still it's still just kind of rubbed me i don't know why it just kind of rubbed me a bit wrong wrong that she would just mm-hmm. be so gung-ho about getting to her mom and it the you know, thing that bugged me the most was she's an intelligent character mm-hmm. and when dick grayson was like um we're not running into this heavily fortified thing yeah. just to get a person who we don't even know is gonna be there why don't you chill out for a minute and then mm-hmm. she got all pissed off i'm like why why i don't I, I don't know. I bought that a little bit just because she was like, fuck that. My mom could be in there. <laughs> you know, my real birth mom. And it's like, I, yeah. I want to be my birth just, mom. Yeah. Coming from my perspective, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Let's get some recon. Let's figure out if she's actually there. And she's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? But ugh, that's the only thing that really kind of bugged me. The rest of her character, I mean... Her being kind of loving and, you know, trusting and all that stuff as an innocent teenage girl, Catholic teenage girl, you know. And the whole nun thing threw me for a loop. I kind of liked it. I thought that was a fun – because I don't know – I like some of the – like as far as the Raven stories I've ever read, I've never um... – I don't recall there being any kind of like Catholic imagery or like that, but I kind of like that. Just from oh, the, I loved from the it. I loved it. It just kind of like, threw me for a loop Satan's that they daughter. Would... <laughs> right? yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It kind of threw me because I'm like, well, wouldn't you? Not that this show isn't dark, mm-hmm. and it could have been even darker if they were like, well, we should probably murder this person because mm-hmm. if she's dead, then Trigon can't get here. Yes. The literal devil. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Cannot but, get there. I, I I like that they didn't do... Like, the nuns, like... Yeah, they locked her up and, like... Like, locked, quote-unquote, in, in the, the bottom of whatever that church was. But it wasn't like, hey, we're, like, creepy evil nuns. It was like... It, like, in their minds, they're like, we're trying to protect her because her dad is fucking Satan. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, we can't... For the love of God. Right? This is the world... But it wasn't like we're gonna like strap her to the bed and like put a stake through her heart or and you know, or any kind of garbage like that. I was glad they didn't go that like that kind of yeah. cliche kind of like, oh, were these creepy evil nuns now? I was like, no, these were real nuns who were incredibly conflicted about what they were doing. Yeah, but they were like, we think this is the best course of action is to just kind of like keep her in this like kind of it was like a, a an apartment that they could kind of lock and be like hey you got a yeah, almost stuff. almost like, yeah. almost like a prison inside of the church yeah kind of but thing. like you know a little bit more room to move around i watched us um yeah I, I i like the version of raven although like the, obviously the, the 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 kid gloves are not off with her because she's still discovering her her power she she's not exactly the world breaker just yet but uh 
But I liked it. I liked the arc that they went through with her. I, I, I truly did. Um, Anna Diop, in the lead up to this, I thought got the absolute worst from the internet. The worst treatment from the internet, I would say. Not from me personally, because I try not to do that sort of thing, except when uh, referees make horrible or don't make horrible calls that cost me, you know, thousands of dollars. Uh, <laughs> you should be able to sue, honestly. Um, uh, she got the worst lead up to this, and it was because of all of the shots of, of her in the hideous purple outfit right <laughs> and, and people going like she looks like a fucking prostitute and stuff like that and i i for to my credit like allow me to you know pat myself on the back i was like let's just wait till we watch the fucking show okay let's not see <laughs> one still of anna diop in a hideous dress and just start you know busting out the jump to conclusions matt from fucking office space <laughs> and firing off on the internet and stuff and I thought she was a lot of fun, and this version of, of Starfire was so off-brand, but I I still loved it. Like they got a lot of the beats right. They they got that the like the purple outfits were you know as as hideous as they kind of were. I think they worked. She had like the the necklace with the with the green beads the, in it. Yeah, and and she would get the green eyes and stuff, and in in the uh, final episode when she had the straight hair and not the like, you know, that weird like blowout thing that she had for ninety percent of it, and then you know did the light up as she tried to kill Batman. And by the way, we 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 didn't shout out to Batman for using Mister Freeze's ice gun to take out fucking Starfire. By the way, um, he's, he, I mean, just if Batman went rogue, we'd all be fucked. Um, <laughs> just, I I I thought. Because she's got to play the the weird kind of like babe in the woods because she can't um, remember why she's doing anything, but she can set people on fire. <laughs> and uh, other than the fact that they made her solar powered in this show to give her her powers like a uh, a little handicap, I um, not a lot of sun in Tamarind. I'm just gonna say that out there. <laughs> but uh, there, I I can't remember a single version of Tamarind. In the comics or television shows where they were sun adjacent, because <laughs> like they're all they've always been so far away from the sun, right? And it's just like yeah. It's, and so like that, I was I that was you can a, pass it you can pass it off as a specific type of yeah, radiation it was, it or was whatever. A, yeah, it was a tough and she pill. had the t- she had the tanning bed in her little unit there, true, which I found interesting. True, very good point, very good point, KB. I didn't I did not think of that, but that was the, that was the only honestly in terms of like. The nerd, you know, being the nerd guy, that was the thing where I, that was the bitterest pill for me to swallow, where it was like, oh, Starfire's solar-powered in this version. I'm like, all yeah. right, whatever, proceed. I'm like, we got it. Like, they're just like, and it was a total, like, cheat for them to just be like, we can't have her, like, we can't always just go, all right, Coriander, set everybody on fire, and that'll end this problem yeah, right there's, now. There's, so, there's yeah, there's a lot of handicaps yeah. that, go on, that go on in this show and in the comics. And it's, it's Raven's powers are not fully realized yet. Um, Starfire's solar-powered, like I said, and, and Beast Boy can only turn, can into, they a turn into a tiger. For whatever reason. So I get it. I get it. We, we, we've got to have these little handicaps, and it'll be that much more cooler when you know Beast Boy turns into like a gorilla and punches somebody in the face, right? If yeah. it keeps going. But Anna Diop, I thought, was... Acting-wise, she was great. I, I, Acting-wise, she was the best, and it wasn't even close. And I think, I think she was, uh, for the most part, the most fun in this in this show out of of the of the main four. Yeah, and I, like it comes back to what 
I said before, when you have characters that aren't beloved like Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. you can take liberties. You can, you know, okay, this version of Starfire is this. And like you said, you can go, yeah, why not? But if you let's let's say they tried to do that with Batman and made him the Batman of the very end of this season, people would be up in arms screaming. Well, Zack Snyder fucking tried to, and <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and people and people boycotted and went and whatever. Other people were like, release the Snyder cut hashtag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we call those people so, fools on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so taking liberties with Starfire, fine, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, sure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, personality-wise, to have her not be an annoying alien that knows nothing. Yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, fair. I that's always been part of the kind of charm of uh of Starfire in terms of um the it's, animated it's, the animated Teen Titans show when she's like who will make the food and stuff like yeah. that, you know, when she says stuff like that, I've always found that rather charming. It, it, it is, but it doesn't fit in this universe. Fair. So. Exactly. But it also like I also don't want it to go back to the like 1980s version where like the 1980 version of Starfire, because like to me the toughest pill to swallow like when you reread the judas contract which i do every once in a while because it's so fucking good um obviously the biggest pill to swallow is um in that one is or the the, the, not the biggest pill to swallow but the the weirdest thing to attempt to get across or or to kind of ignore is the fact that Terra is clearly you know, 16 and Deathstroke, who is like a 50 year old man may or may not be sleeping with her. We don't know. I like to pretend that there's enough leeway that no, he is not a sick pedophile, you know? (laughs) Um, but you know, it's, there's definitely some fucking gray area there. The other thing that's ridiculous setting, setting that chestnut way off to the side. Um, the, the, the other thing that was weird about the way they would write Starfire in the eighties. And it's clearly written by men and again, men of the 80s, is Starfire's character was always, like, this extremely attractive alien woman who is just an absolute babe, right? And mm-hmm. just just an, 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 just an absolute babe. But she doesn't know that she's a babe because she comes from another planet. So there's all this weird naivete about her that just would not exist in real life if you were that much of a babe. So basically because she's so clueless as to how much of, of, of how attractive she is, any man could get her, right? Like, yeah. Because she just doesn't know that she's, you know, a fucking 12 or whatever, in, you know, in terms of being a, a cartoon comic book woman, right? So it's just complete, yeah. it's just absolutely written by dudes, right? In the sense that like, so I'm, I'm glad that that type of crap was, was not around in, in terms of that character right like because it's, it's yeah. just so dated right and yeah so so i don't know i i i found there were certain scenes where i kind of found myself missing the the speech patterns of <laughs> of uh i'm sure they'll throw right. one or two in somewhere mm-hmm. yeah down the line but um yeah i thought i thought she was really cool i thought she got the best and and i was so glad that that her um her character they got a little bit of justice with her character because it just it just gave her so much shit on the internet for and it was because of one fucking photograph of a still from a set for, like a, from like being on the set when they were filming. God, that irritated the shit out of me. 
Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that it it was that she was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, last one of the big four, uh, Ryan Potter, who I thought was so fun and looked exactly the way Beast, like a live action Beast Boy should kind of look. Loved the hair, and he's fucking hero from Big Hero Six for God's sake. So <laughs> like, let's just let's just give a shout out to that because I love Big Hero Six. Um, I I, just, I I like the stuff. Other than the fact that they only let him turn into a fucking tiger, which as we as we discussed is it's it's they 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 at least had their reasons for that. Again, it was to kind of handicap the characters and give them an arc to have going forward if we get more seasons. Um, but he was pretty true. To, like the first time we see him, he's robbing like a future shop or some shit. Although future shops don't exist anymore, but he's robbing a Best <laughs> Buy or whatever to steal like a fucking Xbox game. Right? That's totally yeah. Beast Boy. Right? So, <laughs> it is. So and when he's hanging out with the Doom Patrol, and we'll get into the Doom Patrol, you know, in a little bit. You know, you sit in his basement, like like he he takes Raven into his little room in the Doom Patrol mansion. And it's it's just it's absolutely him. There's just like pinball machines and Xboxes, and he's just playing on the internet and stuff. It's just God. It was it was it was it was fun. It was fun. It was I, I really like their version of Beast Boy. What say you? Yeah, I mean I'm not the biggest Beast Boy fan. How dare you? Uh, but they did a very good job with his character. They did a very good job with um, his relationship with Raven. Mm-hmm how he is very understanding and mm-hmm. he's very comforting because he's going through a similar thing like he's he's in the same boat he's got these weird powers he doesn't know what's going on he can turn into a tiger that's really freaking weird and now he's in he's met this girl who can you know heal people and shoot black weird stuff mm-hmm and he's he's met Robin, and he's just like, all right, let's go, let's roll with this. <laughs> um, what was your take on him and Raven having a like kind of because they teased like a romantic relationship? Because again, they're the only two teenage characters on the show, so they teased a a Beast Boy Raven romance. Which, if you've ever read or watched anything, that is the most out of left field, um pairing since I would say the Spock and Uhura hooked up in the J.J. Abrams <laughs> versions of, of Star Trek because it just it, like if you've ever read anything like Raven is just so constantly disgusted by Beast Boy just as a person right that it's just she would she, she would never like it's just this is not a, a like you just wouldn't ship these guys at, at all like it's just it wouldn't make sense but I, I was weirdly into it with this version well that that's 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 more of a nod to go because Mm. they're they're kind of an item and go Mm. it's it's suggested and beast boys kind of like flirting with her and stuff and uh flirts with everybody that's yeah raven always was like and there's there's a whole arc there's a whole arc where she's Again, yeah, she's super disgusted by him, like, oh, I hate you, and all this other stuff. And then he manages to bring Tara back mm. from, and then uh, everyone's like, ooh, Raven, are you jealous? She's like, no, this is just annoying. She's <laughs> trying to destroy us. Are you dumb? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's and, then at, and then at the end, it's kind of like she kind of shyly shows that she was actually a little bit jealous. Mm. So... 
I mean, it's been thought of and written, but... And I'm sure it can... As they mature, mm-hmm. it might change. Especially if they if we do get into the later seasons, and if Terra does show up, obviously, right? That that would yeah, be a, that would that'll, be that'll throw a wrench in it. Yeah, and I mean, but I kind of get how you would find a little romance in between someone who's in a similar situation, like a romance of convenience almost, mm-hmm. because they're they're in the same spot. She, yeah. He's got no clue what's going on. She's got no clue what's going on. They've got people trying to murder them. They were just captured in an insane asylum and tortured. Mm-hmm. Well, he was tortured. She wasn't really tortured. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, you, you can be yourself around her. You've never been able to be yourself around anyone. Same with her and him. So it's it's a little convenient thing, which makes sense. When the way they wrote it makes sense. And it can devolve and or evolve in any way they choose. Tara shows up, he has a thing for Tara, she gets pissed, and then she realizes, hey, he's a slob. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm a demon with no soul. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best Beast Boy moment to me, I thought, was, uh, other than the, you know, turning into a tiger steal a video game, which is just pure gar, um, was easily, when they're in, like, uh, Bruce Wayne's penthouse in Chicago or whatever, like his weird getaway, which, that's another thing. Um, you know, one of the, they're a little loose with the the time and the travel and the the amount of uh, distance it's, it's, that cars are allowed to cover over the course of a well, certain amount of time. But it's not dragon from Dragonstone to the Wall. True. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the reference I was gonna make. I mean, they at least gave us enough leeway. I'm like, okay, just don't. As, as long as the leeway isn't. Uh, What's his name? Gendry? Gendry? God, I'm so yeah. out, I'm so out of game of Gendry, shape. Gendry I'm... runs from runs from the wall. Run, basically runs across <laughs> con- Yeah, runs across two continents on foot in under two hours, right? It's as like, a, as... like it's like a three day ride or something from Yeah. Ca- and... uh, not Casterly Rock. Like whatever. I forget wherever. We are it's three out days. of Game of Thrones shape like you wouldn't believe. My god. And it's coming yeah. back in like a month or three months gotta, or whatever. Like We gotta I dust am, back up. Yeah, I am so out of Game of Thrones shape. It's not even funny. But like, yeah, Gendry running across two continents basically in two hours. It, was, it wasn't as egregious as that, but they, they were a little loose with the rules as far as, yeah, as like, traveling from like Ohio, Ohio to Chicago. Ohio to Chicago right? Right? <laughs> yeah, in an right? episode. In an episode or whatever. Oh, it's back. just an it's just an hour away. What part of the United States are you in? Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, did, it's... Elon, did Elon Musk finish his Hyperloop <laughs> in this reality? Oh, man. How actually – let us me just Google that real quick. How, how is Chicago to Ohio? Just And I'm just typing in Ohio. I'm not even giving you a specific city. Uh, it's five hours. Five hours to drive from Chicago to, again, I didn't type a city. I just typed Chicago to Ohio. So it's a little over five hours. So, yeah. You know, they were a little loose with the rules. But, again, I'm, I'm not going to take them to task on that. I'm just merely pointing it out that they were they were a little loose with the rules. Um, But, yeah, I, I just – but, like, sorry. The, what I was saying was the best Beast Boy moment was – you know, they're in the penthouse, and, and he goes, uh, you know, Dick Grayson's like, you agree with me, right, Gar? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And then, you know, he takes Raven off to the secret room, and or to the, to the side room, and goes, 
Actually, I don't agree with them. I think we should totally go. I only said that because <laughs> it'll be easier for us to sneak out later. I'm like, yes, that is totally Beast Boy because Beast Boy would be like the guy who's just like, no, let's go on the cool adventure, right? Like, yeah. And it was just that 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 was a good moment. I just I, I thought they did uh, a lot of great stuff with with the Beast Boy character in this one. Yeah. Um, some of the recurring characters. Uh, we already discussed Minky Kel. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Hawk and Dove reader my, um, my exposure to hawk and dove is jlu that's it yeah they had a couple of and, and they did the the double male version of, of hawk yeah and, dove and that if i remember correctly because there's so many different it, versions of hawk and dove too right like well they nod they nodded to that with his true. Uh, yeah with his uh stepbrother which was kind of which is kind of cool i did like that background episode i really did i, I yeah I normally we had three episodes left, and I, I, I remember kind of being pissed that it was like, really, we're wasting our time with Hawk and Dove. Again. Well, they threw <laughs> they like, threw that little curveball in mm-hmm. where Raven was yeah. astral projecting, which was through her I through enjoyed their memories as well. and stuff. Yeah, that, that yeah, that was a lot of fun. And but like, also, it was a good story because like I know that like I'm pretty sure the football part of Dove's background or of Hawk's background is true. I'm fairly certain. I remember Hawk being like some sort of collegiate level athlete. Um, but when they added the stuff about like he had a half brother and his half brother was killed and and they were he was killed in this car crash at the same time as Dove's mother they because they were standing next to each other and stuff and I was just like wow that I like to me like when that happened I'm like wow that's actually good storytelling right there right like they both died and and that's what brought them together and said so, like there was actually good storytelling it was basically you watched Daredevil season three right. I haven't finished it. You have not finished it. Oh, so no. you haven't done the Karen Page background episode yet, have you? No. I I would say when you get to it, um, spoiler alert. Um, this in terms of what they did in terms in terms of storytelling for me, is the complete opposite of the Karen Page background episode. I thought the Karen Page background episode brought nothing to the table. That I thought brought a, brought so much to the table in terms of developing these characters that previously I didn't give. A, really a lot of shits about yeah like it's hawk and dove they've got bird outfits and they slice up people with bird wing outfits and i'm like what's to what's to love right you know like i just i don't get it like sure whatever proceed but like i i i I thought they were i thought uh, they were all right what was your take on the pair of them i did not like them at first Mm mm-hmm and then as they kind of grew into the story and had that little background thing and, you know, kind of got an idea of what they were going for, yeah, it kind of works. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Again, I've seen them in, like, one or two things, mm-hmm. one or two episodes of Justice League Unloaded. So it's like, okay, they exist. I knew I knew they existed. I knew they were kind of lame. But in this... <laughs> In this instance, it kind of works well with the whole Dick Grayson street level crime fighter kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a a really good addition. <laughs> the guy who played Hawk, um, Alan Richardson is his name. I I've only ever seen him in one other thing, and it was an episode of New Girl, and um, he dated Zoe Deschanel, and <laughs> the. Uh, the premise that they gave him was he had a micro penis. Oh, jeez. And it, it led to a lot of really good jokes. It was honestly probably my favorite episode of New Girl. I thought it was so good. Because when the, the other dude characters, you know, Google micro penis in the show, it's 
it's brilliant. It's br- it's brilliant stuff. I gotta say. So like, it was just funny to me because like, I'm, in this, it was like he basically they portrayed him as being you know having like impotency with the uh, with Minka Kelly and as Dove, and then combine that with the fact that the only other thing I'd seen him in was the micro penis episode of New Girl. So I was just like, in Matt Pierce's eyes, I'm like, oh god, I've seen this guy in two things, and he can't catch a fucking break, man. Like, to give him the micro penis and New Girl, he's impotent and Titans. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, just give this dude a break. <laughs> oh, it was, it was it was so strange. Um, they did the fucking nuclear family <laughs> in this show. Oh my god, I couldn't believe that. Um, I thought it was fun as hell and creepy, but I thought that they didn't get um enough of uh, uh I I thought they didn't get to do quite enough. What what was your take on the nuclear family in this? I'd never heard of them before this. No? Oh, they were created. No. They were from the Outsiders. Um, and it's uh, always been like, uh, God, I think they were created. I, I want to say Jim Aparo created them back in the 80s, but don't quote Jim me Aparo on that. And, Jim Aparo and Mike Barr. Okay, so I was right. Um, yeah, like I I knew he was created. they were created in the Outsiders, but it was always like... Um, I don't think they gave the kids names in this, but the kids had, like had... had names dad mom biff biff yeah Yeah. i was gonna say biff and bo but they were always just like this creepy kind of uh what do you call them like stepford wives-esque like perfect you know beaver cleaver type of type of white picket fence family and then they would just yeah go and murder people and it was always kind of creepy and uh yeah and they would all they you know they would fight the outsiders and whatnot and uh yeah, it was it was just this version of them. I thought was a lot of fun, and when they did the fight sequences and stuff, I I, th- I thought that this it was incredibly creepy. And I really liked the line of when the guy hit the button to give them all the the blow up. I, I really liked the line from the mom when she goes nap time, kids, and then they're like <laughs> yeah. their heads all exploded. I thought that that was a tremendous as, amount of fun. As but, like uh, a throw as a throwaway first style villain, they yeah. were great. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I, I didn't like, hate like without having exposure to them before. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Like I got what was going on. Okay, they've got this serum. Mm-hmm. They've got this whole like system of whatever. Yep. They replace the dad. Okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah, it was weird that they had the serum. If I remember in the comics, they were like they're because they're they, like the phrase "nuclear they're, family" they, comes from like I'm pretty they're, sure. Yeah, they're radioactive or whatever. Yeah, they have they had they like they're well because also like the, doesn't the phrase "nuclear family" have? Like, yeah, a, nuclear family. A nuclear family is uh, a mom and dad and two kids. And two kids, right? Yeah, like that's that's the and then literal the nuclear, definition nuclear, of a nuclear family, family they're going for is this: is the mom, dad, two kids, yeah. and they're nuclear radioactive. Exactly right. Yeah, and they had like various <laughs> nuclear powers, and it was just like <laughs> it was like just such a brilliant pun set that they they had invented in the 80s it was it was so good and yeah i just i was was really digging them because they cut to them and i was like what the fuck is this and then when they were like all right time to juice up and they i was like is this the fucking nuclear family my god (laughs) i haven't thought about them in like 15 years or probably out long and it was just like god what a way but like that's going way back like car seats on that one right yeah i mean this is this is an instance in this show, mm-hmm. um, and a couple other instances they have, where they take old stuff that you haven't thought of in a while that you know, throw away stuff that people aren't going to get mad at. Are mm-hmm. you changing a bit and throwing it in there? 
And it does the exact opposite of what Jessica Jones did with the Wizard and Nuke. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, killing them off immediately, like mentioning the Wizard and then being, oh, by the way, he's dead. Um, they gave them a good couple episodes to develop a bit. You got to see what their deal was. And then, you know, they, their heads exploded. But by the way they worked it out there could be another nuclear family out there right now mm-hmm. just different actors or well different characters or people or whatever based on because that's isn't that what they tried to do with dick they tried to break him down and make him one of their soldiers uh unclear but uh sure i mean maybe that was their, maybe that was one of their moves but yeah i, I liked it i mean mm-hmm. i had no attachment to them i and I don't think many people do, so letting them go so early but having them be such a force was interesting. Yeah. I just I, I just couldn't believe that was such a stretch that they did that, and I'm like, oh, that's so perfect. Um, uh, now, we mentioned, we talked a little bit about... Uh, actually, before we get into the big one, what was your take on... Uh, because we already mentioned Donna Troy. We already mentioned Trigon. I don't really want to get into Trigon because I think there will be many opportunities down the road to uh, to talk Trigon. Um, what was your take on their version of... Um, of... Friggin'... Uh, I'm trying to remember what did they call her Angela in uh, Angela was the the name they gave Raven's mother or, or like Ari or Arella or whatever is is usually. Angela Roth yeah a- yeah a- Angela Roth is what they called her in there well no they called her Angela Azeroth though right because that that was the oh, big, that was the big was, drop yeah right? yeah yeah her last name was Azeroth Azeroth, Azeroth yeah, 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 yeah yeah um but they gave her the they they made it so she was actually in cahoots with Trigon, which they've never done before. Where, where yeah, she, she's just fully on board with this man, th- this demon dude. That's um, true. That everything. definitely that mm-hmm. definitely threw me for a loop that because a the the backstory is usually Trigon tricks her yes. into into mothering his her child. Her and this is this is a a bad word, but uh, the word. Um, rape is usually depending yeah. on who's telling the stories. Sometimes he, yeah. he, he it's, other, it's either he like depending on who's telling the story. It's either he seduces her as a uh, he pretends to be a deity and then or it's not even a deity. He just seduces her as a sexy man because like that's a like whenever a whenever the devil is portrayed in any sort of movies or television medium, he's always portrayed as a attractive white man. Except when Al Pacino played him. Uh, to, to speak for yourself. Um, uh, yeah, like he, he's always portrayed as a, as an attractive white man, and this show is no different. <laughs> like he comes through that thing, uh, or like 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 Seamus Dever comes through, and and it, yet another attractive white man is playing uh, is playing the devil, and uh, uh, away we go. But it's always been that. Um, he either came in human form and seduced this woman in order to trick her into birthing the the daughter that would allow him to escape from hell to come destroy destroy the world, or he just flat out rapes her, and it's you know awful. Yeah. Um, and you know nobody cares for it, but uh, that's you know the way the story is told, 
And in this version, not so much. She's fully on board. She's like, yeah, let's destroy everything. And I got to tell you, I did not see that coming. Yeah, they, they and they started off with uh, mm-hmm. the whole, hey, storyline that we were just talking about where, you know, she was tricked or raped mm-hmm. and she's trying to get away from him or she doesn't want the world to end. And they're like, oh, by the way, we lied. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again... I'm not so attached to that story that mm-hmm. it bothers me. I mean, it's yep. a good twist. Mm-hmm. And you can always play it, play it up as, oh, she was in the prison so long, they used the drugs to turn her, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, there's always different ways you can explain around if you want to keep that character around and that change the way she she mm-hmm. acts. Yeah. I, but I, it, was, it was definitely a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah, no, until I didn't I, either. Mm-hmm. Until, uh, but as, until she poisoned Gar. Did she actually poison him? Like I didn't. Yeah, I, she sorry, poisoned no, I, him. Did, I, did they actually show her like poisoning something? I must well, have missed that. Or, he's the only one. Who, he's the only one who ate the soup. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, but like there wasn't like a shot of her like. No, there wasn't a shot of her. Of like her, I like, took it. You know, I, po- po- putting something in the soup or whatever. But yeah, yeah you're probably right. Okay. I took it as implied that she mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're probably absolutely right. Like I, I assumed uh, she poisoned him. I, but uh, I, I was just wondering if I missed like, because you know I. I well, I mean, look away whenever, any, whenever, whenever like, anyone, whenever anyone, like, <laughs> like, you know, opening this vial and putting it in the soup or whatever. Yeah. Like, just... Whenever anyone goes to their garden that they haven't tended in five years to get ingredients for soup. Fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, who's gonna eat that soup? <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, of course, Gar would eat that soup because like he's such a dope. Right? <laughs> the thing. Like, yeah. Like that's the one part about the Gar character where you're like, eh, that ain't no good. <laughs> he's actually not that bright. Um, yeah, it was just weird to see her on board, and I did not see that coming, and I like when they do that, because they do little things like that all the time to swerve the, uh, they, they do them in the CW shows quite well, where they swerve, to swerve the audience, right? And, uh... Yeah, and I mean... Well, as, to swerve the comic book guys like me, who kind of yeah, know I was, like I was, I was just gonna say that, as a comic book person, when you, or a person who's familiar with the stories through any other medium you're like oh, okay yeah here's what's gonna happen and it's like come on she's satan's daughter you guys don't leave her alone <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> like get it together <laughs> and i'm like oh i guess they don't know that but i do right yeah because uh, like the best time they ever did that in uh i uh season five i think it was of arrow where because remember season four was terrible and then season five they really brought it back they had they did the thing where um they introduced Prometheus and Prometheus was coming after, um, was, was coming after Oliver Queen and then vigilante (laughs) vigilante also showed up. Right. So Prometheus and vigilante were running around and then the guy who was his, uh, who became like, cause at this point, Oliver Queen, spoiler alert is the mayor. And he has his like assistant mayor guy who the name they gave him was the voice of one of the guys, was the same name as one of the guys who was Vigilante, right? So the entire time I kept going, oh, he's a good guy. He's Vigilante, right? And I was just waiting for the mask to come off. And then eventually, the guy, eventually it was like, he's Prometheus. And I was like, oh, shit, I did not see that coming because they totally swore, they totally played me by giving him one of the Vigilante characters' names, right? And it was... Yeah, and, and when this one, when Donna Troy's like looking at the book, and she's like, 
Look at this photo. Uh, that's <laughs> that's Raven's mother, and clearly looks like she's ushering her to the side of this Satan-like character in this yeah, book, like, right? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, shit, if it, she's actually bad it was, in this one. Yeah. It was it was like that. Mm-hmm. The stranger has a candy. Here, take the candy. Take yeah. the candy from the stranger. Exactly right. Yeah, it was just like it was not good. Um, I just I like that swerve. All right, uh, we've been dancing around it. This is the last thing we'll talk about, and then we'll probably give our final grade and get out of here. We talked about Donna Troy. We talked about Trigon. We talked about the nuclear family. We talked about Hawk and Dove. Jason fucking Todd was in this series, and it was excellent. It was excellent because that is how Jason Todd is supposed to be. Jason Todd is supposed to be this will-not-follow-the-directions this completely insufferable bastard of a of a Robin that you're like, I can't believe Bruce brought this guy in. What the fuck was he thinking? And it was just... The best thing the, that they just, did with Jason so Todd funny. in this... Probably, probably when he gave one of the cops the fucking backstabber. From, no, like, no, I loved... I loved... Wrestling, right? he just I loved... He gave one of the cops the backstabber, KP. <laughs> I loved the jealousy. I loved the jealousy yeah. that was between mm-hmm. Dick and, and Jason. Now, mm-hmm. Jason was like, so you're the first Robin. Yeah. And Dick was like, so you're my replacement. Yeah, it was, that was so good. And yeah, just him being just this insufferable bastard... And, like, beating up the cops and being like, yeah, I like beating up the cops because they be- do that to me in Gotham all the time. And Batman's not around, so now I'm doing it. I'm just like, yes, this is the insufferable Jason Todd that once upon a time the DC fans voted. And back in the day when you had to call and pay a buck fifty a call or whatever to vote, voted to have him beaten to death by the fucking Joker, <laughs> right? Like, it's just... Like, yes, this is the Jason Todd that it's like, because Jason Todd was, is, and always will be Bruce's greatest failure, just on every level, just on the mere fact that he was like, I'm going to train this kid to be Robin. Why? This kid should so clearly not be Robin. And it was just because he's like, well, Dick left me, and I'm like, I need I need a replacement. I have this insufferable need to have a boy sidekick, right? So he's like, I'll get the first kid that I see, and it's Jason Todd, who, like, as they mentioned in this show, um, much like in the comic book, he's like, I tried to steal the hubcaps off the Batmobile, right? And it was like, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Batman brings him in, and he just he can't reel him in, and and ends up you know getting him killed and stuff. And it's just it it it's always been Bruce's greatest failure, Jason Todd, and you know to the point where and now he's the Red Hood, and the Red Hood and the Outlaws is fucking great. <laughs> like that is a great fucking run um, that DC has going right now, and it just. Just him coming in and being helpful, but also just being an insufferable bastard. I'm yeah, like, he was. He was the loving that worst. S- yeah, like as they did the character be. well. Yeah, yeah, they did it well, and like I hated him. I hated every minute of him. Yeah. But that's the point. So exactly. they nailed it on the head. And they the the dude they got to play him. He has that nice punchable face. Like yeah. you just want to punch him in the He's face. He's got that perfect chiseled chin, and you're just like, oh god, I'd like to just put one right on there, right? And it was just like, oh, oh man, it was so. I just thought he was. I thought he he was excellent because they gave him all the best like smarmy kid dialogue too and stuff, right? Where he was just like, hey, I got a new suit. Your suit's outdated. Check out mine. I got the latest iPod. <laughs> Your iPod's <laughs> lame and stuff, right? It was just like, oh god, this is so great. Yeah. Just such a 
just a little bastard. You just wanted to see Dick Grayson just smitten. like, smack him, right? And it's just like, yeah, that's what Jason Todd is supposed to be, though. And it, I, I, God, I thought it was so excellent. And the way they had him show up, too, right? Like, because... Like, coming off the heels of, you know, we discussed it earlier in the show, coming off the heels of, of Dick Grayson just sauntering into this building and taking the elevator up and humming to the Muzak on his way up to the penthouse and just being like, boy, this is decidedly un, un you know, Robin slash Nightwing uh, yeah. slash Unba- trained by the Unbat Batman. Unbat family. Unbat yeah, just family. Unbat family. Just, like, just not, like, a little reconnaissance work. Just something, right? And then... To have it be, again, but it was all for the setup of we're going to have all of a sudden there's a gas bomb in there and then there's a dude in a Robin suit that's obviously not uh, Brendan Thwaites. And <laughs> he's just whooping ass and it's like, oh my God, is that Jason Todd or Tim Drake? And then he just goes, I'm Jason Todd. And it was like, oh my God, Jason Todd. Right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, God, that was so much, that was so much fun. I thought that, like, I really fanboyed out in, in that moment. I thought that was so much fun. Um... God, yeah. Um, anything specific we should talk about? I mean, the Doom Patrol, so fun. Brendan Fraser. I mean, like they didn't get to do anything per se, but um, you know, just hearing fucking Brendan Fraser as Robot Man, and then just the tease of all these guys. Like you got to see Negative Man and Elasta Woman, and the Chief was there, and it's like. The chief kind of seemed evil, which I was like, what is going on here? Why is the chief evil? And he's trying to experiment on, on Raven in this weird, creepy way that that has uh, Beast Boy all nervous. But it was just like, the, like the fact that you got to see those guys in a live-action medium, I was just like, wow, I cannot believe... It was another one of those things where I'm just like, wow, I can't believe this is something that I'm watching. That's Brendan Fraser doing Robot Man in a TV show that has actually been a lot of fun so far to watch. Yeah, and that the whole... Doom Patrol scenes were just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and when he's like, how does how does it taste? Yeah. Is it delicious? Yeah. Is it sweet? Is it savory? Yeah. How does it feel going down your throat? And you're like, uh. <laughs> like Negative Man was like dancing and like cooking and stuff. I'm like, this is fun. This is fun what I'm watching right here. It's just. Yeah, oh, they definitely man. had a good balance. Yeah. Even though it got pretty dark at times, they lightened it up pretty, pretty nicely, which is yeah. good to see. Oh. All right. Well, we've been going on for a while. Uh, anything you want to add before uh, before we kind of get out of here? No, not yeah. really. I like I I like the direction they're going. I just keep at it, and mm. uh, don't shit the bed, please. Yeah. Um. Overall grade for first season of Titans. I give it a solid seven and a half. Seven and a half. Really? I'm going. I'm going. I'm going a minus. I really like this. I had a lot of fun. Maybe it's just the DC fanboy in me. Perhaps I am. I'm grading on on a bit of a curb, but uh, yeah, I am on board. And I, 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 considering everybody shit on everything leading up to this, right? Like everybody, sh- everybody on the net shit on that trailer. It was a bad trailer. Well, True. It was but, a very bad trailer. But like again, judging things based on like we have the fucking um, Medellin corollary on this podcast, which says. When you watch a trailer, just don't like, just don't take it as, hey, that's what the movie's gonna be, right? Because any, any, you you can cut, like, like the Medellin corollary states that you can take the shittiest movie of all time and cut a good trailer. It does work the opposite way. You can take a really good movie and cut a shitty trailer. It's just like it's all like people who who are editors like that know how to edit. You see it all time on like reality TV. Like reality TV shows have some of the best editors. 
just on the planet on planet Earth. Like, cause like, <laughs> re- well, cause reality shows, is, I, you know, you see it specifically on like The Bachelor and stuff, right? Cause they always do the like, you know, like, cause at the end of the first episode of every reality series, of the first episode of every season of a reality series, KB, they inevitably do the like, this season on whatever, right? It, yeah. And everything cuts and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the best season ever, right? And it's like, probably not. They just cut a really fucking great. Like they just know how to how to edit those like trailer those reality TV trailers. Right? Yeah, it's an art. It's an art form in itself. It absolutely, is an art form in itself. Well put. Um, I haven't been on. Honestly, I didn't catch a lot of buzz as far as Titans goes. I honestly didn't Twitter. see anything. But I, like, I'm staring I at think... it right now. And 95% of the people like this TV show. It's 8.2 on IMDb, 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. So a lot of people, I think, are right in your range there, KB, where you're looking at, like, B, B-plus type of thing. So based on just those numbers, it seems like people are on board as far as Titans. But not a lot of buzz, I would say, as far as... Uh, I think the biggest issue with the buzz is mm-hmm. the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not subscribing to that. And I don't know if it's a Canadian thing with why we got it on Netflix. Okay. But I, I think ex- uh, accessibility might hurt it a bit. Yeah, because it was kind of weird because, yeah, the way they released it was weird too because it, it came out week to week on on the DC All Access show, right? Back yeah. in like it ran from like October to the beginning of December, and then middle of first week of January they just gave it to y'all on Netflix. So, and in Canada, we still can't get, um, onto DC all access, which is, you know, what up with that? Um, it's so, you know, the only way to watch it week to week would have been to pirate it up here. And yeah. And uh, I think, I think that's what they realized was they needed, they needed a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that might be why we got it on Netflix in Canada. I'm not sure if it's a Netflix. Well, no, they, they always West. had it. They always had it cut to, uh, they, they always had it cut to put on, they, like it was always going to be on Netflix because Netflix had a spot for it back in October. Like if you Googled Titans, it was on like, if, or sorry, Googled. If you search Titans on uh, man, am I fucking programmed? Um, if you search <laughs> Titans on Netflix in November, it came up. There just wasn't anything there. Like there would be no episodes. Oh, okay. Kind of say like coming soon. At least up here in Canada, because I'd done that a couple of times, where uh, you know I'd search my DC shows and then to see if there was something new that I had never seen, because um, Netflix is weird like that, where stuff pops up randomly. Um, and then Titans would be there, and I was like, holy shit, is Titans out? And then I I would click it, and and they would just have the still image with the the Titans uh, that that logo. Um, that they have for this and then it would kind of be like you know coming soon or whatever like that and then it eventually got there so i think the plan was to always put it on dc all access and then throw it on netflix um i don't or dc universe or whatever the hell they want to call it but uh yeah i don't know i don't know if that hurt them as far as numbers because they never released the numbers for uh although titans apparently um According to Business Insider or whatever, Titans was apparently the most downloaded of the past like month. Again, don't know if that's true because you can just make shit like that up. And um, it, it, uh, it like it uh, it uh, 
Yeah, it just it just I don't I don't know. They didn't uh, there was just no in terms of internet buzz, they got absolutely no buzz is from from my perspective anyway, just being on Twitter and stuff. I didn't Yeah, I didn't I didn't see Twitter. I didn't see anything come out, no yeah. reviews, no no, no, no other nothing. Yeah. But they seem to apparently they got again according to Business Insider most downloaded show of the last month and it's like eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. So it seems like people are on board with this Titans show after having previously shit on everything they got during <laughs> like at every little every little bit of information or photos or trailers or whatever they got during production. The internet just completely shit on this and I feel a little vindicated because I was like let's just wait and fucking watch the show and it was yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was um, good. Yeah, so that's it. Um, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We are on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, five stars only. And as always, you do not have to download. Sorry, fucked it up. You do not have to listen, but please download this podcast because, uh, yeah, that's all I care about are those sweet, sweet download numbers. Um, and if you want to listen, I'll, I'll, I'll more power to you. I mean, I certainly appreciate it. Um, uh, Twitter account is back up and running. Finally got it to work again. Well, I've been working for probably about a month by the time you actually hear this. But like earlier this morning, I was finally able to get it working on my new phone. So I'll be tweeting again after having previously disappeared for a week. Um, yeah, by the time we're listening to this, again, I would assume we'll probably be doing Punisher next week. Don't quote me on that, though, again, because I'm just guessing a month ahead of time. But, because, uh, again, this, I'll be releasing this the week after the Super Bowl. And uh, Punisher, we'll finally watch Punisher Season 2 and then do that. And then we won't be too far away from Captain Marvel, KB. So, um, super pumped. Yeah, we'll have a lot of comic book stuff coming up soon, uh, especially once the Super Bowl's over. And uh, I assume Craig will uh, be back on and whatnot because, uh, you know, we'll have the NHL playoffs coming up soon. And uh, I don't watch basketball anymore, but if I did, then uh, we might have talked about that. <laughs> but we certainly won't be anymore. Um,. Yeah, uh, so that's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Titans. I hope you enjoyed this uh, weird kind of review slash uh, us just talking about... Uh, boy, that was fucking awesome in <laughs> in Titans. Uh, Kyle Brown, uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, I'm uh, going to assume that you'll come on the Titans podcast, so we'll probably talk to you next week. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shoot my shot and say we're going to talk to you next week. All righty, will do. All right, have a good one. Take care, everybody. So,